0: The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB its staff or management. It's time for the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your host Scotty P and Ev. Let's go. Live once again in the city of brotherly love, none other than Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, broadcasting from and hanging out in the WWDB 860 AM studios. Yes, you better believe that you heard right. You turn yourself into another episode of Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P and Ev. So what's going on? What's popping? What's cracking? What's cooking? What's going on, Philadelphia, Bucks County, Montgomery County, Delco, Southwest New Jersey? But folks... Let me tell you, we don't stop there. We're entering eardrums anywhere that you've got access to the internet. So, by the way, my name is Scott Prendergast, a.k.a. Scotty P, and I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others navigate life through the lens of hope. Now, we have some sad news. Unfortunately, my co-host, Ev, he's not with us today. He's not going to be here. He's struggling with a little bit of a food poisoning right now. So, Ev, you know, we're wishing, we're praying for you that everything's going to get better. We know you're going to be back rocking it next week with us. So, everybody unfortunately ev isn't here today but we're gonna make sure that we give a special shout out to him and do a great episode for him today something he would be proud about so e-dog e-man let's go we got this this is for you today also if anybody ever wants to watch the replay and see bonus episodes of the friday mental health power hour with scotty p and ev you can find us on any major platform podcast platform by searching the friday mental health power hour with scotty p and ev so folks thank you so much for tuning into another episode today We're talking about all things mental health all the time with shared and we're sharing lived experiences from experiences who from those who have actually gone through these challenges. Excuse me. All right. So today, everybody, happy Friday to start. We made it to the weekend. Yeah, let's go. You better believe it. I don't know about you, but it was a long week for me. So I'm excited. Now, before we all get into the weekend fun and have all the great things that are going to go on this holiday weekend for everybody, we want to make sure that we're ending our week with being mindful of our mental health. And we want to make sure that we're talking about some of these things. We're breaking it down a little bit. And ultimately, I want to leave you feeling really good about yourself and feeling positive about your weekend to come with some of the topics we're going to be talking about today. So without further ado, the topic that we are going to talk about today is what is it? Oh, yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Ooh, okay. Now, I know you hear that off the cuff and you think, oh, what is this? Some crazy, like, really advanced technique? Am I going to be able to take notes on this? Is this a class? Is there going to be a test? No, absolutely not. So cognitive behavioral therapy, also known as CBT, is a practice that is something that we can do every day. All right. And so I'm going to jump into this in a minute here to talk about what it is, the definition of it, all that fun stuff. But before I do that, I want to kind of break down how the show works for any new listeners that are out there and in the new parts of the country. The way the show works is that in our first part here, usually what Ev and myself do, and in this case, just me, since Ev's not here today kind of break down the topic we talk about it we kind of define it give everybody an understanding about what it is part two we talk a little bit about more about lived experiences societal examples things like that and then part three which is personally my favorite and i think it is for ev as well what we do is we to really give concrete examples and things and strategies that you can use right here right now in this moment today Woo that can help you with whatever it is that you're struggling in your life. Okay. So part one, cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, so Scott, what is it? Well, I'll answer my own question. So cognitive behavioral therapy is a practice in which we really want to work on recognizing how our thoughts, our feelings and our behaviors are all connected. Right. And it's the idea that realizing that what we think to ourselves is ultimately going to impact how we feel. Okay. And how we feel is going to impact how we behave and then how we behave is therefore going to change our thoughts, whatever that might be, all right? So a lot of times the thing with cognitive behavioral therapy is all that a person's trying to do when they practice it, whether it's by yourself or whether you're in therapy, whatever it is, you don't have to be in the therapist's office for this, It's the idea of just challenging your own thoughts, questioning your thoughts, and digging a little bit deeper than what's just on the surface, okay? So that's what we're going to be talking about today, and there's a lot to do with this. I am personally a huge fan of CBT. It's something that's changed my life. It's something I practice every day, and it's something that when I speak to my clients or when I speak to organizations or schools, I mention almost every single time. And I think it gets a bad rep though because when I say cognitive behavioral therapy people think it's this huge elaborate thing and you got to go pay thousands of dollars to get it done and oh I don't have time for that no 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 it's it is so simple it can be done anywhere anytime any place no matter what the situation is you know it's something we could take with us everywhere and I think that is such an awesome thing so the whole idea of CBT is kind of based on the idea that you know, anybody who might be suffering with a mental health issue, whether it's depression, anxiety specifically, one of those two, it's usually because it's faulty ways of thinking or it's learned behavioral patterns in our mind. And a lot of times sometimes we got to rewire these things. Every once in a while we'll have a certain behavioral pattern that is causing us to be very anxious or causing us to eventually lead down the road of depression, right? And now we want to make sure that we can we can kind of switch that. And that's the idea with CBT. So, as we start in our first part here, just kind of touring around with things, I wanna kind of start with an example really quick to really get everybody understanding how this may look in your life, okay? So I use this example a lot just because when I speak to students, but everybody can relate to it. Let's say you're back in school, and if you're like me, someone who hated school, that sounds like a terrible thing. Having to go back to school, that sounds like a war crime. I definitely don't wanna do that. But for the sake of it, let's go to that, okay? So let's say we're doing that. We take a test, okay? We take a test, we don't do well on it, we get it back. First thing that we say to ourselves when we see that bad grade, oh man, I'm so stupid, okay? That's our initial thought, we're starting with that. Then because we say, oh, I'm so stupid, all of a sudden we start to feel a little worthless. We start to feel like maybe we're inferior. We start to feel like that we're not good enough. We start to feel like, well, what's the point of me being here anyways, right? So that's how we're feeling. Then all of a sudden, because we're feeling that way, Our behaviors follow. So now maybe we're not showing up to class anymore. Maybe now we're not studying for the next test. We're goofing off in class. We're doing things to distract others, right? And then because of that behavior, guess what it does? It provides more evidence back to that initial thought that, oh, I'm so stupid. So we can see with that example right here how that thought, that initial thought was connected to how we felt and that feeling then transformed into a behavior and that behavior then provided more evidence back to that thought. So you can see with that example how, oh my goodness, this would be really a vicious cycle if we're not able to get out of it, right? Now, this is a very basic example of something I'm talking about, but I guarantee it's something we can all relate to. Now, if you're saying, all right, Scott, well, I don't want to think about school, plug in your own life example of something that happened today and put that in as the example, all right? So the point is, is that with cognitive behavioral therapy, what we want to do is we want to work on challenging that initial thought, all right? So for example, When you get that test back, instead of saying, oh, I'm so stupid, we're changing it up and we're saying, okay, I didn't do great on this test. No, this wasn't my best test. No, but I know that this does not define me. I know I can do better. I know I just have to learn the material in a different way. All right. So do you see the difference there? Do you see how we went from being, oh, I'm so stupid, which snowballed into all this mess to realizing and rationalizing with ourselves? Okay. Now, when we do that, What's our feeling probably going to be? You know, I'm not saying we're going to feel great, but we're going to feel maybe encouraged. We're not going to feel as bad as we would have. We're going to feel like we have some hope. And therefore, that feeling will then turn to action. The action might be, okay, let me stay after class to get some tutoring. Let me study a little bit more, right? Let me try another way to learn the material, okay? That's our behavior. And then that behavior, in turn, then follows back to that initial thought of, all right, wasn't my best test, but I'm working on it. Okay, so those are just two really quick one example, but two different ways to go about the approach. So what the idea that we can really take away from this cognitive behavioral therapy and what we're going to talk about more as we get deeper into the show, I don't want to spoil everything right now, but we have to realize that throughout our life, throughout every situation that we face, you know, a lot of times the thoughts that we have really are going to be the catalyst for what happens next, you know. But a lot of times the problem is these thoughts are so automatic, right? We're going through our day, this happens, that happens. It's boom, I'm this, boom, I'm that, boom, I don't matter, boom, I can't do this right, boom, nothing ever goes right for me, boom, I'm worthless. These things, they happen so quickly, we don't even recognize it. You know, the next thing you know, we're wondering, well, why do I feel sad all the time? Why do I feel worthless all the time? Why do I feel this way all the time? Well, we got to start to make sure that we're being aware of what we're saying to ourselves. And that's the whole thing with CBT. Now, if you would go to a therapist to get this done, or I work with a lot of therapists and licensed clinicians, so this is how I'm very knowledgeable on this topic. They will tell you that the whole thing about it is working on challenging irrational thoughts. And instead of just accepting that thought as it is, we're challenging it. We're saying, hey, bro, come on, let's throw hands a little bit. I'm not going to let you steamroll me all over the place with this thought. I'm going to challenge this thought. I'm going to fight back. Come on now, let's go. Right? That's the way that I like to look at it just because I'm a big fan of Rocky the movie and stuff. But maybe that's not a way you want to look at it. Bottom line, we're challenging that thought. Okay? That's the whole idea and purpose behind this. Now, what I think is important for us to know, too, when it comes to CBT, is that this is something that is most effective. Now, keyword here, most effective in treating depression and anxiety. Now, it also works with addiction and alcohol abuse and other things as well. But depression and anxiety and CBT are like, boom, that is it. That's the thing. That's the vibe. That's the juice. Right. That's it right there. And I found this in my own life. You know, I suffered with depression for, with year, for years. And, you know, it is something I do still st- suffer with. But by knowing these different CBT techniques and by learning how to challenge those thoughts, woo, let's go. I come to play now. Now I don't just let depression beat me 56 to nothing on the field. But now I'm beating it because now I've learned how to challenge those thoughts, how to become cognizant of what I'm saying to myself and how to become aware of how I'm feeling and how that might translate into a different type of behavior. Okay, and realizing the connection between all of them. So, man, I'm excited, man. This stuff is really good. I get so hyphy. And for those who don't know, hyphy just means excited. Get so excited for this type of stuff when we're talking about it. This is my life's work. This is what I do. It's something that's helped me tremendously. I want to pass it on to you, the listeners. And I'm really excited for some of the stuff that we have coming up with the rest of the show with examples, societal examples, examples in my own life. And then, of course, the creme de la creme at the end, part three the different strategies that we could take away from this and do with it. So the last thing I'll say before we quickly go to a break in about 30 seconds is that I want to let everybody know that CBT is for everyone, you know, and it's something that can be done for any ages. You know, a lot of times people, when we hear about this, they think, oh, that's, that's an up-and-coming thing. That's a young person thing. It's not for old people. No, it's not. It's for everybody. And it's something that is so simple. Yet when we start to do it and create those new neural pathways, so to speak, with it, there's some powerful powerful things happen so we're gonna be right back in part two in a second here I'm really excited for it don't go anywhere we'll be back right after these quick commercial breaks
1: Hey everyone, Eric Katz here, the owner of Katz Dogs Canine. Are you working from home and need to get your dog out, running around for the day? Will you be traveling this summer and looking for a place to board your pup? Is your dog looking a little shaggy and need a haircut or bath? Are you looking forward to walking around and enjoying this beautiful weather, but you can't because your dog's pulling like a freight train? Well, you're in luck. We're a one-stop shop that focuses on daycare, boarding, grooming, and training. We're located at 35 Middle Road, Perkasie, PA on 10 beautiful acres. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at CatzDogsK9 or our website, CatsDogsCanine.com. Our phone number is 855-CATS-DOG, 855-528-9364. If you're a parent who wants to understand the mental health challenges your child faces, then my book, My Perfect Life, How Depression Almost Ended It
0: and How I Found Purpose Through Pain is for you. Through goofy, relatable stories, you'll see the world from the eyes of someone silently battling depression. Most importantly, you'll learn how we can find hope and purpose through pain. Get your copy of My Perfect
1: Life today, available on Amazon by searching lucaswolf.com my perfect life. And that's Wolf with an E.
0: Tired of talk radio shows that are nothing but Trump, Trump, and more Trump? Looking for something that actually has some relevance to your life? Then tune into the Pennsylvania Project. Hi, I'm Ken Krawchuk, host of the Pennsylvania Project. Our mission is to showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania. And we're all about solutions. So tune in Mondays, 3 p.m. here on WWDB, 860 AM in Philadelphia. When the problem is same old, same old talk radio, the correct solution is The Pennsylvania Project.
1: Hey folks, what's going on? It's Evan Transu, a.k.a. Ev here. I just wanted to shout out my friends at FDN Thrive. Part of my story with mental health is that I was actually able to get a hold of a lot of my mental and physical health issues by addressing what was going on in my body. So I do mean more of a natural slash functional medicine side. Is this gonna be for everyone? Absolutely not. But if you're someone like me who suffered for years and maybe a lot of the conventional things didn't work out, you might wanna consider what is going on in your body and see if that is playing any role. So if you wanna focus on something more objective, get some lab results, and actually have these lab results analyzed by practitioners who are trained in this specific modality, then go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button. That's fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.
0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P and Ev. I appreciate you all so much for tuning in today. We've got some really excited things that we're going to be talking about today. And I want to give a quick shout out to my guest producer today, Wes. We call calling Wes from the future. He's the man. He's the guy. He's coming up big out here. So, Wes, thank you so much for the music choice. We love it out here. So, everybody, <clears throat> thank you again for tuning in. Uh, For those of you who are just tuning in, unfortunately, Ev is not here today. He is sick with food poisoning. Um, So he's going to be back. He's going to be, you know, Ev, he's going to be back better than ever next week. We're going to be rocking it. We're going to be making some plays, got some really good topics for you all as the holiday season comes about, too. So we're really excited for that. So for those of you just tuning in today, what we were talking about is cognitive behavioral therapy, also known as CBT, right? Some really exciting stuff. I personally am a huge proponent of CBT, CBT. seen it it do some amazing things in my life. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, first part, we kind of talk about the topic, what it is, define it. Second part, we do really life examples, kind of dive into societal examples too. And third part is What we do, always, our favorite part, we give real life strategies and examples. By the way, everybody, my name is Scott Prendergast, aka Scotty P, and I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others navigate life through the lens of hope. All right, so in part one, we kind of defined what CBT was. Let's get into part two, which is always exciting, which is kind of giving real life examples, a mix between that and societal examples, a mix between whatever we kind of feel like talking about of the day. So we're going to get into things here. I'm going to start off with... A quote because me and Ev we love to do quote of the day. That's one of our favorite parts of the show. So Ev, this is for you, dog. I'm gonna do it right here. Quote for me from Albert Einstein. You know, fairly famous guy. Did a you know he did a couple things in this world. Yeah, nothing too important. But you know he did a couple things. <laughs> I think he can sense my sarcasm. The guy was an absolute legend. But here's a quote that he said once. He said, "We can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking that we used when we created them." Oh. So simple, yet so true, yet so profound. Albert Einstein, what's up, man? That's that's some good stuff right there, you know? He knew what he was doing. I love this quote. And I think this ties in really well with CBT and what we're talking about today because the whole idea is that, look, you know, when we have these certain types of thoughts, we don't have to completely run with them. We don't have to let them rule their lives, but rather we can work on changing them to get different results. And that's really what Einstein is saying here. He's saying, look, if we want to solve problems by using the same kind of thinking that we use to get into them, we're just going to run in circles. We're not going to go anywhere, right? And that's exactly what we're talking about today with CBT is we're work, working on changing those, those thought patterns. Now, one of the things that's interesting when it comes to CBT is that really... The whole idea that we can change our mind and our thoughts, it, it rubs people the wrong way sometimes. People think it's like, what is that magic? How do you do that? Do you have to get a shot inserted into you to do that? That sounds really amazing. I, I don't understand that. I, I'm just not for that. And I've heard this before when I've spoken in certain places. And, and it always makes me just take a step back and think, okay, you know, let's, let's dumb this down a little bit. Let's break this down a little bit so people can understand it a little bit more. And ideally, what we want people to realize is that CBT is that recognition of our own distortions in thinking. Now I know it's not an exactly attractive thing to say that, oh, I might be distorted in my thinking, but the fact of the matter is, is that we all have different distortions from one time or another in our thinking, right? So let's say for an example, for me might be, maybe I have a distortion in thinking right now, like, oh, you know, I play, I'm gonna play for the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow. I'm playing for them tomorrow. I'm gonna be the starting free safety. It's gonna happen, it's done. It's it's good as gold. Okay, that obviously might be a little bit of distorted thinking. And I would probably make the argument that that's not healthy for me to think that way because now I'm going to probably engage in some questionable behavior in order to try to get down to Dallas by tomorrow to play free safety for the boys. Shout out to the Cowboys. Let's go. We're doing things out here. Anyways, when we are able to start to recognize our own distortions in thinking, This is when we're able to really start making some progress. Now, this is not always an easy thing to do because we get in these habits, right? We fall into habits. We get comfortable with how we think. We get comfortable with the way that things are. And all of a sudden, if we come in starting to try to change that routine or change things up, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort, and it's not exactly something that we really want to do. And that's why so many of us, unfortunately, in this society, we get caught up in these negative cycles of thinking and therefore that negative cycle of feeling and, and, you know, then our behavior follows suit. So if we can work on recognizing these distortions, that's when changes are going to happen. So when I mean recognizing distortions, I mean things like this. Here's an example. A lot of times when I speak to teenagers, particularly, they'll come in with a situation like this and they'll say, you know, I didn't get into my first choice college, so because of that, I'm never going to work on Wall Street, I'm never going to get millions of dollars, I'm never going to get this wife or this husband or this car, and I'm never going to be happy, and because of that, I'll probably end up working some job that I hate, and then I'll get fired, and then I'll lose all my money, then I'll become homeless, and I'll live on the streets. And I'm not even making, making this up when I tell you this. I've had people who have told me examples just like that before. And I think we can all relate to that. We've all been in a position like that before. Now, let's dive a little bit deeper into this example though, okay? And let's see how it snowballed here. We went from, because I didn't get into my first choice college, that was the first thought that came, that's the first action, okay? That's the, the event that happened, excuse me. Our thoughts then quickly became, I'll never get the job that I want. Therefore, which essentially turned into, okay, i will gonna lose all my money which then turned into I'm going to be homeless in like a week. Okay. Now this is obviously a distorted way of thinking, but if we don't pay attention to this and we don't catch this, our mind is just going to wander and it's going to start entertaining these thoughts. Right. I always think of it like this. I think of our mind kind of like as a a TV screen. Now forget that man. Let's go bigger as a movie screen. Okay. Old school movie screen, huge thing. And our mind is playing all these thoughts on this reel over and over again. And sometimes we sit down, we grab some popcorn, and we just like to sit there and watch. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that thought. Oh, yeah, that is true. I didn't get into my first college. Yeah, let me just keep letting this go. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did lose my job. Let me just keep watching that thought on the screen. And we just sit there and we let it run over and over and over again. But then there are other times where we have a certain thought that comes into our head where we get up into the back box where they're playing the reel and we start working on things. We start adjusting things to say, no, I don't want to see that. I want to see a different reel up there, right? So that's kind of how CBT really is. It's like in a way that we're getting up there and we're rewiring some stuff. We're trying something different. We're not just sitting back and allowing what's playing to just keep going on and on and on without any intervention, so to speak, in our part. So this is it's not super easy to do though. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and to say as someone who's gone through this process, oh, okay, just think something differently. Just think positive. Just change your thoughts. It's not that hard. Well, you know what? It is pretty hard. You know, it's not something that can be done right away. And it's not something that is is done just with one type of strategy. It takes a lot of work. But I think if we can first become aware of those distortions in our thinking, whatever they might be for you, you're on your first step to being able to kind of be freed from some of that anxious thinking that is plaguing you wherever you go or depressive thinking or you know compulsive thinking whatever it is they all fall under this category those distortions and recognize them is always the first step so I, w- I hope that's a, an example that people could kind of relate to in some type of way, and I, I hope that's something that makes you think right now. As the listener, what I want you to think about and what the goal of our show is, is we want you to be thinking about what we're talking about in this moment, and I want you to put yourself in in a situation in your life that's relevant to you and start plugging these these strategies into the, into your life, okay? So for you, obviously, many of the listeners are out of high school, so you're probably not saying, oh, you know, I didn't get into my dream college, so I'm going to be homeless. For you, it might be something different. It might be, ah, you know, I didn't get promoted this week, so I guess that means I'm not good at my job. Hmm. Actually, let's dive into this real quick here. Let's pick this apart. Let's say that's what your case is. Say you've been working really hard, you really want to get after some things, you want to move up in the world, you're looking for a promotion, but you got passed over, okay? Then all of a sudden you start thinking to yourself, well, I guess I really, I, I'm terrible at my job. You know, I guess I'm, I'm not good at this. I guess I should probably change careers, right? And if you're not careful, if you start letting these thoughts in your head and start ruminating on it more and more and more and sitting there grabbing some popcorn as the movie screen in your mind is playing, right? All of a sudden, your behavior is different at work. All of a sudden, you're maybe not trying as hard or whatever it might be. And then that leads to so many other problems, too. So instead, in an example like that, let's let's see what a better response might be. Instead of saying, oh, I guess I'm not good at my job, let's switch that up. So you could get passed up for the promotion. What is your response going to be? Let's think about it. Hmm. Is it rational to think that because you didn't get brought up in the next position in your job that you're not good at? Is that rational to think? Eh, I guess it could be, but let's think more rationally. Let's think, okay, maybe this person had more seniority over me. Maybe this person's been there longer. Maybe that person is better for that position, but that doesn't mean that you are not good at that job. Okay. Now that's where we have to recognize the difference, because if we do say, "Well, I guess that's because I'm not good at the job," that's a lie that we're telling ourselves. That all of a sudden we start to believe, and we start to believe that, and that's just going to distort all kinds of things. And that's not somewhere we want to go, man, because that's going to lead to self pity. It's going to lead to you know, uh, I I don't even want to go down that road. All the things it's going to lead to, because I've been there myself, and I could tell you it's it's not a fun place to be. So, in that example. Back to it again, you got passed up for your job, what's your response gonna be? Okay, maybe I just need to learn more material so I could become more well-adversed in different areas of my job, become more well-rounded. That would be a more appropriate response to the disappointment that you feel from not getting the promotion. Does that make sense? I'm asking, it's not like you can answer because you're listening on on (laughs) the radio or Facebook Live or Instagram, but I want you to really think about that and really take that to heart, okay? So we gave a couple examples there, some things that I hope that you can relate to, some things that hopefully make sense to you. Now, I want to talk about something in my own life, too, for a little bit, because we always like to do that in part two and relate it to the listener. For me, one of the biggest challenges has always been, whether it was in starting my own business or whether it was taking a chance and changing my major in college or just going down this road of trying to make a name for myself where, you know, no one's ever done it before quite like this. One of the biggest challenges that I've run into is my negative self-talk. And our negative self-talk is that voice, that dialogue within our head, right? So real quick, a little lesson here. Self-talk is something we all deal with. It's something we all have. It's that little voice that tells you different things, right? I call it a little voice because that's the best way we could describe it. Like if you're walking down the street and you see someone has a nice pair of shoes and you say, oh, wow, I like those shoes. I want to buy those two for myself. That's your self-talk or it could be something such as i said before like oh you know i i just got fired from my job so i guess my life is meaningless you know that would be an example of negative self talk so that's what self talk is on the positive and the negative side now the problem i have with it and or had for years and i've gotten better with it is that i would allow this self talk to become my i guess absolute truth and I would convince myself that, oh, just because something didn't go my way or because something happened that wasn't ideal, that it must have always been something wrong with me, that it was always an issue that I had. It was always something that I did wrong. It was always something that I wasn't good enough in. And I think part of that is what makes me good at what I do because I'm very self-critical. But at the same time, if I'm not careful, that criticism turns into eh, it, it turns into a real burden for me. So in my life, what I found has helped me the most with dealing with this negative self-talk is asking myself questions. I know that sounds a little weird. It's not exactly like a sexy answer like, oh, this guy asked himself questions. That's how he overcame his negative self-talk. It's not exactly like, yeah, woo, that's awesome. But nevertheless, this, this is what I do. That's helped me tremendously. And when I do this, I really sit myself down. Sometimes I write on a post-it note. Sometimes I speak into a voice memo. Sometimes I take a video of myself. And I just say what I'm feeling at the moment. And if it's I'm feeling worthless because something insignificant happened or whatever it is, I say it or I write it down. I get it out there. And then I take a couple minutes off. Maybe I'll listen to some music. I won't do anything. I'll just chill. I'll relax. And then I go back and I look at what I wrote or what I took a video of me saying. And when I look at it from a new perspective, without that emotion burning hot in me, I'm able to really rationalize it and say to myself, "Okay, does it make sense at all, Scott, for you to think that just because, I don't know, you're not making $12 million this year that you're not good at your work? Is that rational to think, Scott? Is that at all rational in any way? Well, the answer is obviously no. It's clearly not, right? But I'm able to see this now because I took some time to step away to ask myself a rational question and really put myself in a grounding position. And that is what is super, super important to do when it comes to self-talk. Now, I understand that for everybody, you may think, all right, Scott, well, what if I'm driving down the highway? Do I necessarily have time to take a video of myself and say, why am I thinking this way? No, you don't. And it's a process that's learned. You know, I got to the point now where in my life where I could be driving down the hallway. I could be having a conversation with somebody, but in my head, I'm asking myself questions. I'm saying, okay, Scott, are we going to let this thought ruin your day? Is that really necessary? Are you really going to let what happened here become, you know, the catalyst for future things to come here? No. We're going to stop. We're going to replace that thought with a different one. Again, takes some time. But this is, for me, what has helped me to really overcome those challenges that were really, really detrimental for me in my life. I mean, for a long time, it was constantly... Anything, the second anything would happen, I would fall back down to that negative self-talk and ultimately it would drug me down to depression for a while. You know, But now, when I do see that negative self-talk come about, I'm able to work through it in a proper way. I'm able to acknowledge it, to handle it, and to move through it so that I don't let it become me. But rather, it stays a part of me, but it doesn't become me. And I think that's really important to recognize when it comes with changing our thought patterns. So... We've got a couple more minutes left here before we go to our break. And one of the things that I want to talk about here is really, okay, so how do we change our thought patterns? How do we change our behavioral patterns? How do we change these things? Well, You talk about Scott CBT changing it, but how do you actually do it? All right? Well, it's a process. And there are these things called neural pathways. And if you go on our website and check out some of our older episodes, we actually did an entire radio show on what neural pathways are, how to work on them, how to establish new ones, and all that stuff. So check that out sometime on WWDBAM.com. You can see that, and it's pretty, pretty great stuff. But anyways, back to the topic at hand right here. Neural pathways, what they are, they're created through repetition essentially. right. So there are these little pathways within our brain that we create through repetition of a certain thought or a certain action or a certain behavior, whatever it might be. We create these over time. It's a good thing. It's what helps us to get comfortable with our routine at work. It's what helps us to really remember where to go when we're driving somewhere that we've been to a few times. Neural pathways are a positive thing. It's something that's wired in our brain, so we can't really control it either way. However, the same thing that makes them so great is kind of the same thing that makes it a problem, too. Because when we start to develop a negative behavioral pattern or a negative thought pattern, those neural pathways, they build for that the same, just like they do for positive ones. So as you can imagine, let's say you've had 25 years where you've just developed this really negative self-talk to yourself. And you, have the, you develop this neural pathway that every time maybe something doesn't go your way, you shut down. You become emotionally unavailable. Let's say you develop that neural pathway after over 25 years. That's a long time. That's a lot to try to work through. And imagine how long it's going to take to kind of get through that and to create a new neural pathway to that same response, right? Now, it can be done. It has been done. I've done it in my life. Ev has done it in his life. There's thousands of other people who have also done it. But the process is an ugly one. I'm going to be totally frank with you here. It's an ugly process. You know why? Because it takes a lot of repetition. It is super uncomfortable. I mean, think about it. If for 25 years you were thinking the same thing all the time with a certain thought or certain feeling, and all of a sudden you say, no, I want to change that now, that's uncomfortable. That's going against all your human instincts. That's going against everything that you're taught. That's going against it. But that's how we do this. That's how we work to change those neural pathways, which ultimately change our behaviors or our thought patterns, which change the way that we think, change our feelings, change our actions, right? So although it's difficult, it is something that I think we should start the process with as soon as you can. Now, with that repetition, you may think, okay, Scott, that's great. So what does this repetition look like? Do I just bang my head against the wall all the time? You know, what is it? No, not necessarily. But it's coming up with different strategies. You know, for whatever it is for you. Maybe you're trying to change a certain belief that you have about yourself, okay? Or maybe you're trying to change a certain thought that pops up a lot of times when you have a certain situation arise in your life. Or maybe you're trying to change a certain behavior. Well, what you want to do is you want to kind of start to put in your back pocket, so to speak, these different strategies that you can use so when that thought comes about or the behavior comes about, you can detour away from it and say, no, I'm not going into that same automatic response. I'm diverting out of that to a new one, okay? And you do that by just practice. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll sometimes practice that when I'm just home doing nothing. I'll be like, okay, let's imagine this situation happens. What's your response going to be, Scott? Go. All right? And then I usually immediately go to my comfortable one, but then I stop myself and I say, no, 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 no. Today, we're not going to that comfortable one. Today, we're going to this new one. This one that's going to lead me down a new road, and I'm going to work on starting to create a new neural pathway. And that's just how we do it. Just over repetition, 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 attaching emotion to feelings, excuse me, attaching emotion to thoughts, things like that over time. This is how we're going to start to see those neural pathways be built in new ways and ways that are going to help us to think and feel and behave in the way that we want to instead of allowing those feelings and actions to control us. So we've got just a second or two left here. We're going to be back for part three in a few minutes right after these commercial breaks. And part three is the best because we're going to dive even deeper into different strategies that you all can use. So we'll be right back at these quick commercial breaks. Find Yourself Boxes was to create the foster the connection between a person and those in life who may be working through mental health challenges by providing curated and customizable boxes filled with research-backed wellness products that promote healing. Coupling personal experience with professional mental health guidance, Find Yourself Boxes meets people where they are on their journey. Wellness doesn't look the same for every person, and these products are packaged together to touch various aspects of our wellness spectrum. Find your healing with Find Yourself Boxes at findyourselfboxes.com, and you can get 20% off your first purchase. Does the pandemic have your hair looking a little funky? are people stopping and staring and glancing at you as you walk down the street folks come on now hair salons they've been open for a while it's time to get your hair cut you've definitely been procrastinating (laughs) i know my producer has and when you do it you should head to hair envisions in ottsville pa hair envisions is open tuesday through saturday they specialize in coloring and also offer carotene treatments that give your hair a smooth finish Hair Envisions offers haircuts for all ages so you can bring the whole family. Schedule your appointment today by calling 610-847-8894. Again, that is 610-847-8894. And tell them that Scotty P. and Health Coach Ev sent you. If you're looking to get more TMS, ketamine,
1: and spravado patients, then 7 Figure Psych is for you. Beyond Marketing's flagship 7 Figure Psych business development and marketing system helps mental health professionals to attract, schedule, and convert new patients into care. Join a community of like-minded business professionals and automate your entire online presence. Visit these guys at 7 That's the number 7 figurepsych.com. Guys, cancer is a word that most of us know all too well. And as is the case for so many other conditions, Western medicine is a miraculous yet incomplete form of treatment for those who are suffering. But what if there was a place in our community that helped meet the many other needs for cancer patients? Well, that's exactly what my aunt, Corinne Sakura, envisioned. And now you can help make that vision come to life. The Corinne Sakura Wellness and Support Center is designed to be a comforting space for all cancer patients across Bucks County. This center will help these individuals meet their emotional, social, physical, and lifestyle needs that are essential pieces of one's healing journey. Because of people like you, this center will be able to offer a multitude of completely free services to local patients and their families. A large vision like this needs all the support, support it can get, and you can help today. Go to CorinneSikoraCenter.org and click the Donate button. That is N N E, S I K. O R A Corinne Sakura Center org and click the donate button.
0: And welcome back, everybody! Thank you so much for tuning into the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts Scotty P and Ev. We're super thankful that you're tuning in here today. So on this Friday, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's doing safe. Getting excited for the holidays. On our episode today, we have been talking about Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, a.k.a. CBT, something that is super prevalent in a lot of our lives and super helpful for people such as myself and many others who have used it. So for those of you just tuning in, unfortunately, our my co-host Ev, Evan Transu, he is not here today. He is sick with food poisoning. But Ev, we know you're coming back. We know you're going to be rocking it next week, and we're going to be doing some great things. So everyone, he will be back next week. Do not worry. We're really looking forward to it. We've got some great topic ideas for you all as well. By the way, everybody, my name is Scott Prendergast, a.k.a. your boy, Scotty P. And I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others navigate life through the lens of hope. So, as I mentioned, we've been talking about CBT today, part one. For those of you who don't know and might be new to the show, we always kind of give a little bit of an intro to the topic, kind of play with it a little bit. Part two, we talk about real-life examples, maybe societal examples, and we start to get into concrete strategies that you can use. And then part three, which is this part, which I think is my favorite, we talk about actual strategies that you can use that can help you with this throughout your life, wherever you are, right here, right now. So to go along with that, I have a strategy that I've used that's helped me tremendously, and it's a series of questions. Now, it's not a ton of questions where your mind's going to be bombarded, but I keep it basic with three things or actually you know what let's go with five five quick things now i wrote these down and i have them on a post-it note and i keep it on my refrigerator every single day now you might be thinking all right scott what does this have to do with you opening your fridge and and getting some food or something you know what are you talking about but the reason that i do this is because by keeping these five little questions that i ask myself on that post-it note on the fridge i see it all throughout the day and by seeing it all throughout the day subconsciously I'm really starting to retain it a little bit more. And whether I'm feeling great, whether I'm fearing, feeling terrible, whatever it is, when I look at those five questions, I remember that. And it's like it's really kind of planting a little seed up here in my mind to say, hey, next time you're feeling this way, remember these five questions. So I'll share them with you real quick. I think it's something that we can all use. And I've gotten a lot of feedback on this of people who have found it has really helped them as well. So I call it five ways to stay woke when anxiety strikes. Here's what they are. Number one, the first question that we ask ourselves is this, is this thought my actual scenario or is this a what if scenario? Let me repeat that for you. First question you ask yourself, is this thought my actual scenario or is this a what if scenario? All right. Now, this is absolutely essential to be able to You know pick apart the difference between the two because if you're looking at a situation and you're saying oh what if this happens what if this happens what if that happens but you're viewing it as if it's your actual scenario all of a sudden your body's like going into that fight or flight mode right and you're getting really anxious and it stirs you up and next thing you know you're just like in all out panic mode right and then that leads to all different other kinds of things and ultimately that unchecked can lead to depression over time so By figuring out the difference on whether it's an actual scenario, what you're going through, or a what if scenario, it's going to help us to really (laughs) better distinguish what our next response is going to be. Now, most of the time, I will say the anxious thought that you're having is not your actual scenario, it's usually a what if, okay? So it's really important for you to be able to ask that first question. So if nothing else, you can ground yourself, you can keep yourself focused and say, all right, all right. This anxious thought that I'm having, this is not actually what's going on. This is not where I'm at right now. This is not exactly happening to me. This is just my mind saying, kind of quote unquote, let's pretend, right? Because that's what what if thoughts are. It's your mind saying, let's pretend. So we wanna distinguish the difference between the two. That's the first question that we're gonna ask ourselves. And I'll repeat it again, question number one, is this thought that I have right now in my head, my actual scenario or is this a what if scenario? So that's number one. Question number two, and it's more of a kind of a reminder, I guess, rather than a question, but it's equally important. It's as followed. Remind yourself that the problem that you have right now has a solution. Let me repeat that. Remind yourself that the problem that you have right now has a solution. Hmm. Sounds so simple. Sounds so basic. Yet how many times do we forget this? You know, we chew on problems. We gnaw on these problems all throughout our lives, and, and we assume that they don't have solutions. Or we tell ourselves that nothing will ever fix it and that the solution will never happen. It will always be this certain way. But in reality, the problem that we're having, it already has a solution. Now, I will say this. We might not like the solution. It might not be something we're looking forward to. It may not be what we want. But there is a solution there. And by reminding ourselves that the problem does have a solution, it's going to prevent us from jumping down into that anxious state, thinking, oh, my goodness, this is never going to change. No, it will. There is a solution. It just takes some time sometimes for us to reach that solution. And it takes some time for us to figure out what the solution might be. But it is there. All right. So that's question two. Remind yourself that this problem that you're having has a solution. So write that down. And we're going to repeat this because this is really important. So number one, I'll repeat it again. First question you ask yourself with the five ways to stay woke woke with anxious thoughts. Number one, is this thought my actual scenario or is it a what-if scenario? Number two, remind yourself that the problem you face has a solution. Okay? So that's number one. That's number two. Number three. Now, this one, got to be a little introspective for this. And sometimes you got to let your pride down a little bit too. Question three is ask yourself, am I jumping to conclusions? Hmm hmm a little silent with that at least it is for me half the time am i jumping to conclusions with this thought wow how many times do we do that in our lives when a certain thing happens or we get part of the story or we see kind of something without knowing really what's going on we jump to conclusions and say oh it must be this way i can't believe it (laughs) i do this a lot i'll be the first to admit that i'm chief among us i absolutely have a hard time with doing this one which is why i wrote this down Asking yourself, am I jumping to conclusions? Because when we jump to conclusions, we don't know if they're right or not. We haven't given it enough time to figure out if it is true or not. We're just jumping to the conclusion. We're filling in the blank with what we want or what we think we should want or what we think is going on. When in reality, we don't know if that's the case or not. So I have this as number three, because when we ask ourselves, am I jumping to conclusions? If we are, we could take a step back and say, all right, or well, if I'm jumping to conclusions here, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to put that down, so to speak. I'm not going to focus on that because I don't know the full answer. And that helps to ground us a little bit and helps that anxiety to, you know, go down a little, little bit there. So number three, to repeat it, ask yourself, are you jumping to conclusions? Number four kind of goes right off of this. It's very simple. It's not even really, a, well, it is a question, but it's very simple. And it's just, do I know for a fact that this is true? Do I know for a fact that this thought or this feeling that I have is true? Sometimes you do know it's true. And if that's the case, okay, then we want to work on what can I do about this to work on this in a proper way? What can I do to change this if possible? Okay. But other times it's not true. And we're just doing it because, as I said before, we either jump to conclusions or because we're getting part of the story or because we're just so caught up in our thoughts that we can't recognize that it's not true. But it is important to ask ourselves this so that way we don't end up going on some fairy tale land, you know, anxious roller coaster when we could have prevented all of it by realizing, hey, wait a minute, that is not true. I could see that. I know that. So that's why I think number four here might be probably the most important is just really grounding ourselves by saying Is this thought true? Do I know it's true? Do I have facts to back this up that this thought that I'm thinking about myself or my situation is true? All right? Now, when we do that, I think that might solve some of our problems right there. But we do have a number five question, the last one. And this one takes a little bit of work. It's not exactly super fun. It's not exactly something you're like, yeah, yeah, let it go. No, it's a little bit. So question five is working on, okay, how do I identify the root cause of this anxious thought? That's not always super easy to do. Identifying the root cause of an anxious thought takes a, you know, a, it takes a lot of work. And it's not always evident right off the bat. It's not something that you know like that and all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, I know what the root cause is. All right, guys, I'll see you later. I'm going to have a good one. All right. No, unfortunately, it doesn't always do that. But by using the first four questions that I just went over with you, it helps us to answer question five, identifying the root cause of what's really going on. So I always put it like this. I think this is a great example, and I've had this before in my life, and I've talked with other people who have had this as well. I call it umbrella-ing. So, one of the things that I hear a lot, especially when I talk to people in the pandemic, is people will say, "Oh, Scott, I feel lost." You no, know, that's it. Just I feel lost, and I'll say, "Okay, well, why do you feel lost?" And they'll say, "Well, you know, Scott, come on, you know, I feel lost. I mean, what do you want, for, what do you want from me? I'm telling you, I feel lost. I'm lost." but what I mean by that is okay do you know why you're feeling lost do you know what's causing you to feel that way do you know what's happened to you to make you feel that way and a lot of times people's answers are no and a lot of times for myself in years past the answer was no as well and I would just ruminate on this lost feeling or whatever that feeling is to the point where I let it completely consume my life but what we want what we need to understand is that under this vague lost feeling for the example that we're using here There's actual true identifiable feelings that are going on underneath. So picture the lost feeling in this example as an umbrella. Okay, now we're going underneath the umbrella and we see all those little spokes, all those uh, little silver spokes, right? Each one of those is an actual identifiable thought. So instead of feeling quote unquote lost, what you really might be feeling is disappointed or stagnant or worthless, right? Those are feelings that are coming together and blending together to make you feel, quote unquote, lost. But since we're not pinpointing them, we just get this kind of mosh pit of worthless feeling that says, "Ah, I guess I'm lost and I don't know what to do about it. All right. But when we dive in to see what the feelings underneath that umbrella, so to speak, are, whoa, all of a sudden we're making progress. Okay. I'm feeling stagnant. Why am I feeling stagnant? Well, because life has been a hard time the last couple of years or, uh, you know, you haven't moved places in a while. Why are you feeling disappointed? Well, because something so-and-so happened that you didn't think would happen. Okay, we got that down. So you can see where I'm going with this, right? By identifying those individual root things, those little parts underneath the umbrella of the lost feeling, we're able to make progress. We're able to understand ourselves a little bit better. And guess what we're able to do? We're able to identify that root cause of the anxious. So I will repeat the three of these five thoughts real quick because I think it's really important. And if I were you, I would write it down because it's helped me and hopefully it could help you too. So in repeating the five ways to stay woke when anxiety strikes, number one, first question you ask yourself, is this thought my actual scenario or is this a what if scenario? Okay, that's number one. Number two, remind yourself that this problem that you're having, it does have a solution. That's number two. Number three, ask yourself, Am I jumping to conclusions? Very vital. Number four, ask yourself, is this thought, is this feeling, is it absolutely true? Always vital as well. And number five, we want to work towards identifying the root cause of it. So if we do those five things, I, th- I say that you would get a certificate to say you have indeed, sir or ma'am, stayed woke when anxiety has stricken, all right? Now, if we do those five things... It's really gonna help us to work through a lot of different stuff. And this is all based off of CBT, everything that I just did here. You know why? Because what are we doing? We're challenging those thoughts. We're not just letting anything come in there and bully us. We're not getting bullied by our thoughts. We're saying, Nah, no, bro, no, come on, let's go. Let me get my steps right. We're gonna throw hands a little bit and I'm gonna win. And I'm gonna kick this anxious thought out of here. So, again, sorry if you're not into the fighting in your mind type aspect. It's just something that helps me. It's different for everybody. So that's how we stay woke when anxiety strikes, and that's based off of a CBT exercise. So you can see what we did right there, right? We took something that sounded real scary and cognitive behavioral therapy, real clinical, real like, oh, I got to have a PhD, and we broke it down into something that every single one of us can identify with and every single one of us can do. And that's all that this is. And I think it's really important for us and for the listener to remember that. So that we can realize that we can do this stuff anywhere, anytime, no matter what the situation is. It could be five ways to stay woke with anxiety, five ways to stay woke in dealing with depression, five ways to stay woke next time OCD comes to town. Whatever it is, you can flip-flop, insert things into there to make it relevant and prevalent for your life, the listener. Because guess what? That's why we do this show, to help people like you that are listening. For people like me who have dealt with it, to give you experience and examples on how to help with it as well. So we've got a couple minutes left before we wrap things up tonight. And to end this show today, what I really want to do, in addition to the examples that we just did there, is I, I just want to kind of leave you on a high note to, to start this weekend. I want to just encourage you a little bit. And I want to share with you something that I talked about to a high school today when I was speaking. You know, what I was talking about today, I was sharing my story and my experience in dealing with depression. And I was talking about some strategies that I've learned. I was talking about different things that I've gone through in my life. And I was talking about how they can learn, you know, identify what's going on with them and work on ways to overcome it as well in their own lives. And one of the things that I've realized is that In this whole takeaway, there's really three things above all else that I think we can all work on that'll help us with whatever mental health struggles that we might be facing, whatever it is across the board. And I think the first one, the first key point that I told was that it's acknowledgement. Just acknowledgement of it. I think if we acknowledge something that's going on in our life that maybe not maybe is something that we need a little help with, that is always going to be 75 80% of the battle. It's just acknowledging that, hey, man, I need a little bit of help today. Or, hey, I, I need to pay a little bit more attention to what's going on in this mind of mine today. So it begins with acknowledgement. Because before we can get help, before we can help anyone else, before we can become advocates like myself, before you can do any of these things, we have to first acknowledge what's going on and pay attention to it. So that was the first key point I want to leave with, per, number one, acknowledgement. Number two is the importance of of talking to people. You know, I talked about CBT today, and that's something that's usually taught in therapy. It can be done on your own, but I think anyone would tell you too that's done these things is like by talking to someone else, it's really one of the first and most pivotal things that you can do to just take a little relief to just have a little relief to connect with another human being you know to feel some empathy to have some compassion for somebody to just give you some understanding now I know that talking about these feelings for some people it's not something that people want to do and I understand that but I think what's important is to find some type of way whether it's talking to someone or writing it out or taking a video to get these feelings and emotions that you're dealing with out of you and onto a paper, into someone else's mind, whatever it is, but just get it out of you, talk about it, write about it, find some type of way to express yourself with what you're feeling. I think when we do that, it's gonna, you know, we're gonna see a big difference with it. So number one is acknowledgement, number two is to talk with someone, and now number three, the last thing that I'll say, is realizing that, look, happiness takes some work. Man, it takes some work. And every time I say that, it does make me a little sad. Because I always still kind of hold out hope for that one day that I'll just wake up and everything will be happy all the time and there'll be no problems for anybody anywhere. But not in this life at least. you know, Not in this one right now. But I have faith that in another one we will see that. But for this one, not right now. But what I did realize through my struggles and the people that I've talked with is that even though happiness isn't something that just happens, I can choose to be happy today if I'm willing to look in the right places to find that happiness. Now, what I mean by that is that sometimes you may look at your life and say, I have no reason to be happy. You may look at your life and say, everything's horrible right now. There is not a single thing in this world I could be happy about. And I remember what that feels like because I've been there before. But what's important to remember is that just because you don't see that happiness on the surface, that doesn't mean that it's not there. What it means is that you just got to roll up your sleeves. You got to dig a little deeper. You got to find out where it is and pull it into your life. You know, sometimes that means doing a deep dive introspectively. They are figuring some things out on the inside of you that can help you to find that happiness. Because I will say this, if we're relying on our happiness for other people, they could take it away just as easily. For instance, let's say I'm relying on my happiness for uh, likes that I get on Instagram. I have to get 300 likes in order for me to be happy. So look what I'm doing there. My happiness is now in the hands of somebody else. And if they can give it to me with those likes, you better believe they can take it away at any time too. Or another example, let's say my happiness comes from people you know, patting me on the back and giving me affirmations all the time. What am I doing there? My happiness is in their hands. So just like they gave it to me, they could take it away at any time. But I realized I'm tired of living that way. And you might be too. And it's important to realize that we can be happy with who we are by diving into what makes us unique and who we are as individual people, rather than seeking validation from others for it all the time. So, although this happiness takes work, I want to encourage you to let you know that there's nothing that you can't do. You can do this. You already have what you need to be able to do it, and you will find that happiness. Just give it a little time. Make sure you're putting that work into it, and just have a little faith that things will change for you. And I can guarantee that. So, I want to thank you all so much for joining us today on the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with Scotty P and Ev. I really, really appreciate it. You all could check me out on scottypinspiration.com, or you could check Evan out at Evan transu.com you check me out on instagram at P underscore inspo or check out evan on instagram at evan underscore transu so catch the replay anytime by searching the friday mental health power hour with scotty p and ev on any major podcast platform and we will see you here next week right here on wwdb 860 am and 97.5 fm hd2 check those out as well to catch the replay anytime everybody have a great and safe weekend thank you so much for tuning in we really appreciate it